Kei ngā mātā waka o te motu, rarau mai ki te hui. Ko mihi ngā rangi tēnei, e mihi atu nei, kia koutou katoa. Welcome to the hui, Māori current affairs for all New Zealanders. E tarua ke nei. Mandatory vaccination for all teachers. Yeah, that's not easy, because you know, kura. They don't know any kaiopo, they're our whānau. They're part of our community as well. We look at how one kura kaupapa Māori is responding to the call. I'm fully supportive of um, protecting our whakapapa, protecting our own and caring for our own people. Uh, no one else will do it, we've got to do it. Māori lives on the line, we discuss the call to return Tāmaki Makaurau to level four with Dr Rawiri Jansen. We can do it now in anticipation of protecting ourselves well, or we can do it later because the outbreak gets away on us and our health system's broken. And we're on the road with the Taitokirau Border Patrol defending the north from Delta. I don't play games or politics with my family's lives or my children's lives. I take it seriously. Tahutimai, as Delta case numbers continue to rise, the education sector has been delivered an ultimatum. Teachers and kayako must be vaccinated by January the 1st or find a new vocation. It's a move supported by teaching unions and supported by many whānau who consider the safety of tamariki a priority. Te Kurukaupapa Māori or Huani Waititi in Tāmaki Makaurau fully backs the government's call, but says it does present some unique challenges. I kōrero John Boynton, ki te tumuake o te kura, kia harerua. As Auckland stretches into a tenth week in lockdown, schools in the region still remain closed. Te Kura Kaupapa Māori o Hwani Waititi Tumuaki Harirua is seeing the toll this is taking on Tawira and Kaiako. Our tamariki are definitely worn out, and then some of them in quite tough situations where home isn't easy. Uh, we have breakfast here on our kura, um, in, in our kura, um, in, in our whare. Um, and then we have cook lunch um, every day. So to have that taken away from them it can be really tough for some of our whānau who aren't so well to do and who need that support and that hand up from the different community organisations from the kura and from our marae. When schools do open their classroom doors again, one thing is certain. All teachers will have to be fully vaccinated by the start of the 2022 school year. Schools and early learning staff who have contact with children and students will need to be fully vaccinated by the 1st of January 2022. What do you think about that decision? I'm fully supportive of um, protecting our whakapapa, um, protecting our own and caring for our own people. Uh, no one else will do it, we've got to do it. And so it's a decision that I, um, I'm okay with, I'm really good with actually. And I'm hoping that our kaioko take it on board. And in our kaioko, we, we do have um, some of our kaioko who are reluctant. And so it's about getting uh, wrapping their support around them and putting them in touch with the right people to discuss what their fears are. And for some of them, it's fear. It's fear of the unknown. And Devi Nari Wapeka, I love how she put it where, um, you know, these people getting their um, science degrees from the University of Facebook and knowing everything that there is to know and more around um, vaccination. Um, and so it's fear uh, from, from delving and diving into those years when, you know, some of the answers, in fact, all the answers are sitting right there with our um, Takuta Māori, with our Māori doctors who have put out multiple kōrero 
Facebook Live and, and, and videos around answering common questions. Te Kura Kaupapa Māori o Hwani Waititi is a busy whānau hub. It has a kōhanga reo, kura tuatahi and a whare kura, as well as having kaumātua flats near the school grounds. You know, they're, they're vulnerable. Um, so when we come back into kura, you know, we need to believe and, and, and know that they're going to be safe. And so the call that the government has made is, is one that I do support. And I think it's for the well-being of our own whānau, our tamariki, and for our people. What is that breakdown of those who are vaccinated and those who still aren't? In terms of kaioko? Yeah, is it, a, is it a big number who aren't vaccinated? or? No, 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 it's only a small number, probably of our um, 30 kaimahi, we might have five. Fine, but all you need is one. <laughs> all you need is one, especially when you've got a primary school of 100 plus kids. All you need is one um, that, that's not vaccinated and then comes in and is infected or you know carries the virus. If you do have to come to that moment where you have to decide if a teacher stays or goes because they won't get vaccinated, how hard is that? Yeah, that's not easy because, because, because you know, kura, they don't have any kaiopo, they're our farming. Uh, you know, we're very, you know, that's how we, that's how it is. It's their family, they're, they're part of our community as well. It's not a path that I hope we go down and, you know, I hope we can um, work this through with our kaimahi right now. We've been reluctant to now. I'm hopeful that it's more uncertainty and answers are questions that need to be answered, but then I, I do get a feeling that, that that is the case for some, and I'm hoping that's the case for all. But the reality is those teachers who continue to refuse vaccination won't be able to work in schools. The loss of anyone is a blow because we understaffed as it is as kura. If we lose our kaioko, you know, that's, that's huge for us because we don't have this pool of puna of um, magic kaioko, you know, and people just had so much to offer our tamariki. We don't have a deep pool. In fact, we don't even have a shallow pool. <laughs> How are the vaccination efforts going for those uh, tauira who are 12, 12 years and older? So we're, we're up at about probably 75% of our tamariki have had the first, first jab, the first um, vaccination that, that are 12 years and up through to year 13. So we've got a bit of reluctance in a few, uh, a few of our, our tauira. Um, and so we've got a few incentive programs that we're putting together and then also making our vaccination team available just to sit down. So we've said to come in and have a cup of tea, just sit down and ask questions. You know, we've got a summer coming up. We've got a good, you know, got a good, good summer of um, concerts and whatnot coming up. So you're hoping, um, you know, those, those sorts of things are enough to encourage our rangatahi to vaccinate and, and allow them to be a part of everything that's going on, um, as opposed to being excluded from uh, multiple uh, cope up that'll happen leading into the summer, over the summer, and then into the new year. As well as lifting vaccination rates, Harirua says another major challenge is ensuring tamariki and kayaku are supported when they do return to kura. I think when it comes to returning to the classroom, part of it is, is, is not thinking we're just going to jump straight back into school mode and the way the school runs every day and all this. So we've got to be quite innovative in, in how we bring our tamariki back from nearly more 10 weeks, it might be 11, it might be 12 weeks. And how do we bring them back and transition them back from home in, into into um, into kura? So we really got to have a robust plan in place. We have our own health hub here, um, Pokiri Te Oranga, we have a team of um, two, two Māori nurses, a doctor, Māori doctor, 
I find they work, I find they support person and also the coordinator and all Māori and they all speak Māori. So it's also, um, they're ready. And so I've been working with them. They're, they're, they're running the vaccination things. They're ready for when we come back into school. I guess over these lockdowns, you would have seen the cumulative effects of lockdowns on children's behaviour and their mental health. And that must have a big impact as well. Yeah, yeah. So um, so um, this year, uh, the first lockdown this year, which is a short um, level three lockdown, um, I think it was, but, you know, um, and yeah, our kids come back from that and they weren't too bad. And then the, we had the second one not long after that. And when they came back from that lockdown, we started noticing behaviours from Tamariki. He wouldn't normally behave in a particular that way. Um, but we started seeing his behaviours coming out in, in multiple Tamariki. I guess this time around, we, we're better prepared. I guess better prepared in the sense that we've experienced it and, and it's not something that'll be totally foreign to our kaioko. Yeah, it's just about, um, once again, it's about having that discussion, having that wānanga and being prepared mentally and picking up the signs pre-anything happening. It's just picking up the signs and um, knowing that, oh, this, you know, this is possibly coming. So we've got a lot of work to do. It's going to be a slow recovery for Tāmaki Makoto, but it, it'll be a recovery that we, we've, got, we've got to really work hard towards because we can't sit and look back, you know, look back and say, oh, you know, we're hard done by because the reality is this, what, what the situation we're in, it is what, that's the situation we're in. And so uh, we need to deal with it and then plan to move forward and, and do the best we can. Now, John Boynton, Te After the break, we're on patrol with Te Tai Tokerau Border Control. It's been a tough few weeks for communities of Te Tai Tokero, who've been on tender hooks in Alert Level 3 as they wait to see if Delta has invaded the north. Fortunately, frontline mana whenua kaitiaki swung straight into action. Te Tai Tokero border control is standing guard and determined not to let Delta in the door. Anei te repuata a D'Angelo Martin. Te Tai Tokero border control. Northland's first line of defence against Delta. Volunteers checking every car, every person, as they try to stop an invisible enemy from seeping into the community. And we're about to get into. Check our own. You have a good day, eh? Northland was plunged back into level three a fortnight ago when two women, now known to have COVID, travelled from Tāmaki to the region. They used fake travel documents and have been uncooperative with authorities. Something that's frustrating for Ruben Taipari of Te Tai Tokero Border Control. The biggest disappointment for us was that uh, she wouldn't share with us the information to, to protect those communities that she went into. That's all we, we, we're wanting support and wanting com- uh, communication with her about. But um, we learned from that experience. We realised that it's going to happen again. We're dealing with people, uh, that everyone's got issues that they have to deal with personally. We're just trying the best that we can to make them understand that uh, to be vigilant and to take this uh, pandemic seriously. He believes if Iwi had been manning the borders at the time, that the situation could have been avoided. We would have been able to contain it. You'll see from the examples today that we all know each other. We're all local, so we know how the movement of our communities work. 
with many northern Fano living in Tāmaki and eager to return home, Ruben is grateful to those who are respecting the boundaries. Uh, aroha tētahi ki tētahi. Just uh, lots of respect and aroha to all of our whānau in Tāmaki who are understanding the importance of, of maintaining good ethics, good etiquette around containing that pandemic down there in Auckland. And just to kia kaha, that uh, we're looking forward to seeing our whānau again. Until then, volunteers like Nye's Manual will continue to man the borders. There's no one better to know how to look after us than us. In remote rural areas, it's us that knows us. It's us that know where our whānau are. And, you know, working with the police is, is a big bonus as well because we can share. We can share how to best protect our people and we want the same outcome. COVID's the enemy here. And it's an enemy creeping closer to the people of the north. Kaitokero Border Control will do our very best to do what needs to be done so that our people can prepare themselves. And yes, COVID is going to come. And how we manage that and how we better do things around COVID, um, you know, my, my best advice personally, know, you know what needs to be done? Get vaccinated. It's a view shared by Ruben. We spoke to him again after a long shift, manning the checkpoints about how the pandemic will affect Northland. The history that my family personally has within our whakapapa around uh, pandemics decimating my particular whakapapa, it is a reality to me. So I don't play games or politics with my family's lives or my children's lives. I take it seriously. You were initially uh, hesitant to get vaccinated. What changed your mind? I've been a organic a farmer for 30, 40 years now. Um, and we just like the natural lifestyle. We, we love natural food, organic food. We love the organic medicines. Rungwa Māori. Māori is very important to us. Te ao Māori connected to our Atua Māori. Uh, so the reasons why we were concerned as vaccines is uh, that has come from a, a childhood brought up being in Te ao Māori, Rongo Māori. And this, the reason why I changed for the COVID is the amount of information and the people that I spoke to about it throughout the world in five different countries, including Spain, Scotland, uh, Arizona, America, Australia, and over here into and two universities, all the exactly the same statement. If you're indigenous, vaccinate your people because we are uh, the most highest at risk. We have the worst statistics of uh, social statistics or economic or health statistics. Uh, we've got the lowest vaccination rates. So it is inevitable that there will be damage, there will be harm to our populations and to our communities. At more than 13,000 square kilometres, the Northland region is large and rural. Vaccination uptake has been slow, particularly amongst Māori. And while that's starting to change, many are still expressing concerns about the vaccine. So we don't have the luxury to play politics in this particular scenario. We don't have the luxury to get involved in conspiracies. Do you feel that it may be a matter of time before Delta reaches every part of the Taitokere and Te Hikuotika? 
I believe it does. I believe it will. And it won't take long for it to blow out of control. Once it's out of control within our communities, it's almost impossible to pull it back in. And we'll have to leave it to run its course. And that would be devastating to our communities. And telling everybody that I told you so doesn't mean anything. This is what history has told us has occurred before. It's not a myth or a assumption. It's a real thing that's happened to us before. What is your message to Northlanders who may be still hesitant on or on the fence with the vaccination? The reality of the world is that the choice will become inevitable. You will choose whether to vaccinate or not. And it's not the first time that the world has had to uh, make a choice such as this to to accept a vaccine in order to 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 contain a pandemic. I don't think it will be the last time. I suppose the only thing that I can add to that for those who are hesitating is that it is a medical issue. It is not a political issue. And look at the medical evidence. Put aside all of those conspiracies and everything at this time and do what's best for your family. And the people of Northland are rising to the challenge. There's been massive vaccination surges all over the region in the past week, including Ruben's queer. My uh, nana in Pangaru, they just had this today. And she she texted me this morning, she, she, I, asked, I asked her, I said, fire please. Um, if you're going to go to all this week, just protect yourself. And she confirmed that she had done it. She said, I don't know what all the hullabaloo is about, boy. Uh, we can get on with our mahi. And that's exactly what Ruben's doing, protecting Te Tai Tokero's borders to keep everyone safe from COVID. We're all in this together. We're all in this together because if one of us gets it, the virus doesn't care what colour you are or what religion you are, what church you go to. It doesn't care how rich you are or how poor you are. You'll be a host and you'll spread it into your family or into your neighbours or into your community. Haramai tētehi āhua. Nā D'Angelo Martin, tērā pūrongo, hei muri ngā whakatairanga ka kōrero au ki a tākuta Rawari Jansen o te rōpū whakakaupapa urutā. Auraki mai anō. The National Māori Pandemic Group, Te Rōpū Whakakaupapa Urutā, are supporting calls for a circuit breaker level 4 lockdown in Tāmaki Makaurau to curb the spread of Delta amongst whānau Māori. Māori are now more than a quarter of infections in this outbreak and that number is expected to rise as the government moves from elimination to suppression. Hei matapaki i tēnei take, i kōreroau ki te kai arahi takirua o te rōpū Whakakaupapa Urutā, ki a tākuta Rawari Jansen. Following Super Saturday, it's looking like Tāmaki Makaurau will reach 90% vaccination rate by November, mid-November. What's your message to Aucklanders who are keen to open up? My message would be is that we should all be in this together. Let's work this problem until we're all safe and then we should open up. And the reason why we don't want to do it too early is because we would all suffer the consequences from that. I'm 
you know, deeply concerned about what the consequences would be for Māori communities if we don't have enough protection. But Pākehā communities should also be worried that we get this done right. It's, it's a treaty issue, it's an equity issue, but also it's a health system issue. And we're all going to be in harm's way if our hospital systems can't get ordinary business done. Being Aotearoa at the bottom of the world and being so remote, we've really had the luxury of being able to watch the rest of the world go through COVID. Are we Aotearoa now at that critical tipping point? Yes. That's a short answer, isn't it? Yes, we're at a critical moment now in terms of um, COVID in Aotearoa. For me personally, I remember that last year, Ngāti Raukaua, we lost the Tehiko brothers. That, that's, um, that's pretty traumatic. That's you know, young men, 55 and 60, who were really important to us uh, in terms of tribal knowledge and the work that they were doing. It would be a tragedy to see that happen again or happen on a wider scale. And I'm deeply concerned that we may have a catastrophe coming soon. And because of our high unvaccinated rates within Māori, will it be us? It will be us. We're in harm's way. Our whānau, our communities, the least vaccinated communities in Aotearoa, we are in high risk from impact of COVID and we don't have many weeks left. For those who are unsure about the critical point where we are, do you have any examples overseas that we can look to? Um, Victoria in Australia, we're about six weeks behind them. Um, two or three days ago, they had ambulances stacked that they couldn't unload in their hospitals. We are in grave danger of being in that situation. Think about Fiji, our near neighbour, where uh, their hospital system has been overwhelmed for a few months. Uh, anybody else wants to look further back, you can look at New York when they had um, bodies stacked in refrigerator trucks on the streets of New York. You can look to Italy where we, you know, it first broke out internationally and their health system collapsed for quite a period of time. So those are kind of, um, you know, very tragic uh, outcomes from the outbreaks that have been around the world. I'm really keen that people hold the line, do the work to avoid those kinds of um, catastrophic outcomes. And so what you're saying is if we do do the sharp, hard lockdown, could we avoid that? We can avoid the worst parts of the COVID outbreak. We can avoid it by being um, highly vaccinated. So a short, sharp lockdown will um, be part of that. And we can do it now in anticipation of protecting ourselves well, or we can do it later because the outbreak gets away on us and our health system's broken. If those are the two choices that we face for going back into alert level four, I think that everybody should just take a moment and breathe and realise that saving lives, saving Māori lives, is a really good contribution for us all to be involved in. You know, if we do reach 90%, 
even just with the 10% of uh, eligible Aucklanders that haven't vaccinated, what kind of impact would that have on the ICUs, on our health system? Yeah, that's right. So if our ICU beds are not available for the work that they do now, which is about heart attacks and sometimes strokes or sometimes somebody who's got cancer or a car crash, um, somebody who's having a, a, you know, a rough run after surgery, because that's what our ICUs do now. If our ICUs are filled up with COVID patients, they're not available to do the other work. And that's a really important problem for all of us especially given that we can all be part of the solution. You've been working with the hard to reach to pockets of our society. Can you talk to us a bit about the work that you've been doing there? Yeah, sure. So actually I've been kind of working in that space since March. I went down to the um, ports at six in the morning um, to, talk, to talk to port workers. I've been to MIQ and you know, their workers and airport security and airport border staff. And the ports was really interesting because there were some vaccine resistant people. Most people were really okay about vaccines, but actually the trust issue that was down there was about port workers really resisting the bosses. And so the context of that goes back into the, the deaths that have been on the port. They really didn't want to trust the bosses. And so that's kind of, you know, it made me really understand that actually trust is a really big part of that. And so our people have had years of a health system that hasn't looked after us well. So the trust levels are not very high, but we can do some work. We need to become trustworthy. And one of the ways of doing that is making ourselves available and having conversations with people about COVID, conversations about the vaccine, um, letting them ask their questions and letting them get some answers and giving them time for all of that. And so recently I've been doing some work with um, some of the gangs. They asked, they came to me and said, could you do this? Uh, you know, come meet with the, um, our crew. And so I said, yes, and, and that's been going really well. I've got to say, really, really good questions. Um, they, they test everything that I've got to say and they consider it. You know, just, it's really good work, I think. So when you're with some of these groups, like the mongrel mob, are they really resistant to vaccinations? What are some of the things they want to know? Uh, some of them wanted to ask about how did this vaccine get developed so quickly. Um, some of them want to ask about um, side effects or um, risks, you know, and, and, and how many deaths after the, the vaccine's been delivered. Um, some of them wanted to ask about, um, I've got this medical condition, should I get vaccinated? Some of them want to ask the question says, oh, I'm on these medicines, is there going to be an interaction? Um, you know, I've got epilepsy, I'm on these medicines, or I've got um, a white cell deficiency, I'm really at risk, or what should I do? You know, so I think really predictable, but a huge variety of questions. Um, but as I finished, there were people lining up to get vaccinated. Um, there was a whole bunch of people who said, all right, I'll, I'll take a test. And, and so that all of that felt really good. I think actually it felt like there was a momentum shift towards getting vaccinated, and that was you know, really good. Tēnā koe e te tūngā nē, tēnā koutou katoa o te rōpū whakakaupapa urutā. Kia ora. Nā mihi. Ko tākuta Rāwari Jansen tērā. Ko hikana te hui e huama, noho romaira.
The hui is made with support from New Zealand on air.